I'm Kevin Casey. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter. And right now, what I'm about to do is issue a warning out to all other competitors. I don't want overs. I just expect them to happen. Fatty's gonna fatty is real. I like wooden sides. Welcome to another edition of the MMA Analysis Podcast. There's two of us. Wes, we, we lonely tonight. Uh, people have life and shit getting in the way. But, you know, we, we'll make do. Um, shitty half-assed UFC cards, so you get a shitty half-assed MMA Analysis <laughs> Podcast. That's, that's just the way it goes. H- how are you doing? Did, did you miss MMA with all your heart and soul for the one week that it was gone? Um, no, actually, I actually kind of <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, mo- most weeks it's not like MMA free. It's UFC free. But this yeah. week we uh, we, had, we had a bunch of, like, afternoon shit Saturday, which I kind of pay attention to a little in and out because so much other shit's going on. But, uh, no, there was some – just amazing boxing Saturday night. And I love when I can concentrate on that and not have fight uh, MMA going on at the same time because um, good, good, like, great boxing is probably still – I don't want to say it's over MMA for me, (laughs) but, man, it's still my first love as far as fighting goes. So uh, Saturday night was, was awesome. Yeah, what was the the co-main event of that uh, Nonito card? I, I forget what the two guys' names were, but that yeah. fight was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I can't remember their names now, too, uh, but it was it was one of the fights of the year so far. Yeah. Like it was absolutely insane. And then then watching Nonito win another uh, world title was just it, it was awesome. Great night of, of boxing for sure. Yep. Definitely. It was a, a good week for the UFC. It's weird, though, because uh, normally Memorial Day used to be like a, a big UFC card. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I remember what well, was many years ago at this point, but they did that like all heavyweight card uh, yeah. one year on Memorial Day where it was like that was the one where Kane just absolutely bloodbath Bigfoot and uh, <laughs> yeah. JDS destroyed Mir on the uh, – on the in the co-main events and just like a whole bunch of good shit, um, and now they take Memorial Day off, and then the week after Memorial Day is a lot of heavyweights, but a lot of <laughs> shitty heavyweights. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes, but yeah, uh, did you did you manage to get up to anything in the the week off other than watching some boxing? No, um, you know, a couple weeks ago got the. Um, uh, we did have fights. There was a, you know, uh, Rob Fine, uh, card. Uh, so that week, uh, got to go hang out with, uh, with Lance and, and our boy Andrew and, uh, yeah. had a, had a really good time, uh, doing that. And no, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm over here trying to prepare for this, uh, this fucking kid to come, man. So <laughs> I, I got a, I got a lot of work to do in the next, uh, in the next six weeks. So that's, uh, that's keeping me, keeping me going feels like one of those things that like it needs to get closer to the the day of um, before you really kick your ass into gear. I've uh, like because I missed so much time early and uh, 
you know, because we find out a little kind of later on into yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, man, I have just kind of, I think it's almost like I don't want to believe it. So I'm just like, <laughs> I wasn't dealing with any of it. But yeah, uh, when it hit, when it hit like, you know, two months left, it was kind of the wife's like, you know what, you got a lot of shit to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I guess so. so yeah. And that's the point where she can just be like, "No, you got to do it. I'm, I'm growing, oh, it, I'm growing it, the shit inside of me. <laughs> it's over now. Like it's, it's no. I mean, like, I mean, she still does. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the the cleaning the housework and shit. She's up on her feet. She moves like she's active and and uh, was exercising every day still until a few weeks ago until her fucking ankle started swelling up. But yeah. Um, yeah, she can't help with, with none of that shit, man. I got, you know, been uh, getting the nursery together and shit. I got furniture to build, <laughs> like a whole room full of furniture. To build. It's not, it's not great, man. <laughs> it's a whirlwind for Wesley right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for, for me, Memorial Day, not a Canadian holiday. Uh, but I, I love the some, title game. I, exactly. Game, right? I, I love me some Memorial Day because that's the, yeah. The lacrosse final four, um, pretty damn good uh, for those of you who didn't watch, which is all of you. Um, one of the best title games in in recent memory. And then for the lacrosse fans out there, again, nobody listening to this right now, um, the Premier Lacrosse League starts this weekend. So, man, it's a it's a good time to be a good time to be a lacrosse fan. Um, and I'm probably going to be watching those games instead of most of these fights that are happening. But before we get into these ones, you mentioned Rob Font, Cody Garbrandt, two weeks ago. Uh, anything you want to say about that fight? Uh, I don't really think we'll talk about the rest of the card because I don't even have it pulled up in front of me right now. And there wasn't a whole lot great on there other than that main event. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, for one thing, I started drinking at like 2 o'clock. That, that day, and I swear by like 9.30, I could have swore it was like 2.30 in the morning, and it was like 9.30 at night. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there was, there was, uh, much on there. I know, uh, Hermanson, what he did though, Edmund, um, that kid's gotta get somewhere and get to a good gym and just learn how to defend takedowns and shit. Um, but as far as Font and Galbraith, man, um, Font looked great. Like, he looked absolutely great. I will say, Cody, though, um, man, his chin held up better than I could have ever imagined that his, his yep. chin would have held up. Um, so I, I don't I don't think it's like Cody's completely washed. He just needs to be a little more active. I think he's at a really good camp and shit now. Um, so I, I don't think it's the end for, for Cody or anything. I think he can still be a tough guy. I just think Rob Font is really, really fucking good, man. That, the, that camp up in Boston now. It's got some really good guys that, that they're all training with and shit. And uh, Rob, Rob Font's a problem, man. Um, I think our boy uh, Dan Tom did a little article um, that that week after the fight, like last week, uh, about jabs. yeah jabs yeah. and MMA. And uh, I would uh, encourage everyone to go check that out because it, it's still to this day, it doesn't matter if it's boxing or if it's MMA, it's still one of the most underrated strikes in fighting. And if you do it right, if you can circle off and use it right, it's still just a fantastic weapon in any kind of fighting, any kind of uh, combat sport. 
And uh, Rob Font does it very, very well. And it could uh, have him dictate a lot of fights that he's in, man. And uh, he's a title contender at this point. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, and speaking of Dan Tom, uh, we were going to try and get him on for the, the podcast this week because obviously uh, Lance and Sean are, are out of commission. But, uh, you know, thoughts out to uh, to my man. I know he had a little incident with, uh, with his doggos at home, so... I uh, hope everything's going well with him, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get him on here at some point, so you guys can hear somebody that actually knows how to break down fights <laughs> yeah. instead of uh, us assholes who just spout a whole bunch of shit. Um, yeah, in terms of the uh, the Font uh, Garbrandt fight, very good performance from Font. Um, that's one of those ones where you know there is a lot of people that are just like, oh. It's, it's Cody Garbrandt, you know, font is, you know, minus 120 money line and his TKO prop. Uh, I'm going to get greedy and take that at like plus 130, plus 140. Uh, and those are the ones where there's just not quite enough there for to warrant uh, that kind of play. And there's probably a lot of people out there that got burnt on that one because um, I didn't expect it to go the distance. Um, Based on the shots that were getting landed in there, I didn't think it was going to go to the distance while it was happening until you got to about like the the fourth round. Uh, and man, uh, I, I don't know what it is from from Cody um, that made him actually survive that stuff. Uh, maybe it was being more passive and, and being being able to see shots coming a little bit better or something like that. But that is. That's not the dude that uh, ran through the bantamweight division. He he sort of needs to figure out who he is and, and who he wants to be as a fighter um, if he wants to stay at that elite level. Because we know he's got the skills. Um, he even flashed the wrestling a little bit early in that fight. Uh, the start of round five, he came out and still had, you know, people were talking about his cardio and da, 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 he's tired, all this sort of shit. Uh, but start of round five, he came out in the first, like, two minutes of that round. He was fucking on fire um so everything's still there it's just a a matter of putting it together in a a way that works for him Uh, aside from that there's not really much that i can remember from that card um munich court mcgee uh nice coming coming through and yeah um yeah, I'm sure there was some decent stuff. Oh, Ben Rothman is uh, like his his fat dude joke. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Uh, I should have. I should have listened on court. Like I, I really should. I, I knew what was going to happen there, and I just I still wouldn't listen. Now, the Rothwell fatties just absolutely hurt. Like oh. hurt me. God, it hurt so bad. It was going so perfect, man, and it yeah. still ain't lost by what was it like. 10 seconds or something like that. Yeah, Seven or eight like seconds. 10, 15 seconds, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it was going so perfect, man. <laughs> uh, I think we got the other. Uh, oh, yeah. We got the other one. Big That uh, Vandera. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that right. one went to decision. That was uh, no no sweat at all. So Fatties is, is still real. And there's some chances on this card. I'll, I'll tell you, we, we might get into some fatties later on. So let's hop into the uh, the Rosenstreich and, uh, and Sad Belly Sakai card here. Um, Rosenstreich is a uh, adopted Jew. He is a member of the Persecution Fight Team, uh, which is 
all of our Jewish sounding brothers and sisters who aren't actually Jewish. So good for him, but also not good for him because this dude is boring as fuck um, until sometimes he isn't and sometimes he is. So we'll get to that. But kicking it off, lightweight division. Um, honestly, I have no recollection of this uh, Claudio Puelish dude. Um, it looks like he is from Peru, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Peru. There you go. I recognize that flag. I've, I've got a Peru soccer jersey. Paulo yeah. Guerrero. <laughs> uh, and he's taking on Jordan. Take it or leave it. What do you got here, Wes? Anything? Yeah, not not much, man. Um, I'm with you on uh, Pulis here. I, I can't necessarily remember him too much. Uh, I know he did lose to, to Mark Bravo at one point, so that is not good at all. Um I, I do like Jordan Levitt though, man. I, I don't, the guy seems so unassuming and stuff as a fighter. Um, but I think he's got some skills, man. Um, I, I think he's way better on the mat here. If this does get to the mat, which I think he's probably going to try to get it there at some point. Um, I just, I haven't seen it enough of him. I mean, he, he's beating the likes of Matt Wyman and shit, like awesome, awesome KO and everything. But, um, he had a nice choke on the contender series. So I think he's got some skills um, just at, at two to one here. Um, I don't know what his sub price is here, but um, if I'm feeling kind of frisky, maybe throw something on Levitt by sub. Um, I think that could be his path in this fight, but I'll, I'll definitely be picking him to win the fight for sure. Uh, maybe a bet on him on by sub. Yeah, it looks like the the best available on sub right now is plus one seventy five. So nothing great there. And oh man, I I don't think long term that Leave It is going to be very good. Uh, I don't see the wrestling there. Uh, he definitely not a imposing physical threat. And any striking that I've seen from him uh, in stuff that I've seen back in, like, uh, was he one of the guys that came up through LFA? Uh, One of the regional shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did not look good at all. So it seems like he's got good cardio and he's willing to continue to pursue takedowns. And once he gets guys on the ground, he's got a, a slick submission game. So. I think that can definitely come through here because uh, Pulas is uh, he doesn't look like he's good. Um, the guys that he's fought are not good. Uh, he's on a two-fight winning streak and he's young, so maybe he's improved in the last like two years or however long it's been since we've seen him in the UFC. But he would have to improve a lot to be able to, to grapple with a guy like Levit. So I, I just don't think he's going to be there, but a, a lot of unknowns here, and, and I don't trust Leave It. Uh, for me, this is just going to be an opportunity to, to water that uh, those seeds that I threw in there after that Wyman KO, and we'll just have to wait for another time for that baby to sprout. Next up in the featherweight division, we have Sean the Sniper Woodson, um, which is he like a is it a sniper rifle that has rubber bullets in it or or something? Because this dude has zero power. 
Um, very tall, very goofy looking. Uh, definitely would be one of Sean's guys if Sean was on the podcast. He he loves those tall, goofy motherfuckers. And he's taking on Yusuf Zalal, who was that dude was a, a COVID darling. Uh, and then that sort of came crashing down, but maybe we uh, maybe we get a little opportunity on the on the bounce back here because Woodson, dude who got overwhelmed by Julian Arosa, is still a minus one seventy favorite against like a very grindy Zohal. What you got here? Yeah, I I, I kind of uh, agree with a lot of that, and I just. I'm not. I'm not sure Woodson is anywhere near as good as the last two guys that Zalal lost sort of close fights to. Um, so uh, definitely not to Cora. That that dude's legit. You know, was Zalal lost that fight, but um, it was competitive in, in in points on the feet. And I don't know. I I don't get this line. I, I'm I'm going to be on a, a few spots on this card, kind of. Not big, small plays on guys that I just think the line is wrong on fights that are are fairly close, but I can see a path for a dude. And and Zalal's uh, one of them here, man. Um, I, I just think he's he's better everywhere than than Woodson here. And um, yeah, like you said, he's he's grindy. He can get this to the cage and work, and he can work it at distance on Woods. I think he's the better striker. Um, Woodson's. Lanky and skinny and got a little, you know, tall guy to in the lower, uh, weight division kind of, kind of thing going on here. And I think, I think Zalaw can, can piece him up, man. So at a dog price here, I, I'm, I'm going to take a little shot. Yeah. And this is one of those ones where Woodson's tall and, and people want to point to that. And, oh, he's tall. He's got a long reach. He must be huge. Uh, this dude looks like a weakling. Like, he looks like you could pick him up and snap him in two. Um, I, I don't know if Lance ever shook this dude's hand, but if he did, he probably had to wear a cast for six weeks after it. Um, yeah, I just I don't get the impression that anything he does in the cage prevents somebody from getting to where they want to get. Uh, even if he's landing strikes on you, it doesn't look like he has a ton on his strikes. I mean, he hit Julian Arosa with a shitload of punches and didn't even come close to putting him away in that fight and then eventually got overwhelmed. So I think that Zalal has struggled with the last two guys that he's faced, uh, Tapuria and uh, Choi, were the like big guys as well for the division, but big in a way that they're actually like physical, uh, whereas Woodson's not going to have that that sort of game. So... I can see Zalal getting inside on him. Uh, he's going to eat some jabs and stuff on the way in. But once he gets inside, I think he's really going to have some good control in the clinch, probably get some takedowns. Uh, and I see this going to a decision. I, I do have a bet on Zalal at plus 160. And, yeah, just uh, not sold uh, on Woodson at all. Uh, I can't remember. I, I was definitely considering betting Arosa against him but it's Julian Arosa, so I can't remember if I pulled the trigger or not. I, I feel like if I did, I would have remembered because he was like plus 400 or something in that spot. But, man, it's not a guy you want to be trusting with your money. Speaking of not trusting people with your money, 
flyweight division. <laughs> Manon Firo taking on Tabitha Ricci. I mean, low-key banger, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Is that, is that what we're calling this? <laughs> um, I, I can't remember this other chick's fight. Um, it says she got a knockout, like head kick and punches. So it's still kind of worrisome that I can't remember uh, a fight like that. I'm pulling um, up the card right now. I'm trying to think. It is Kiesa Magni. Oh, it was the very first fight on the card, so it's very possible that I did not watch it at all. I watched it, but... So, hold on. I I opened the event page. I scrolled down to this victory, and it's a KO-TKO, head kick and punches, and then in brackets, standing TKO. So she landed a head kick, landed a bunch of punches, still couldn't even put her on the ground, um, and and got a TKO out of it. That's yeah, that's you know, so power. Yeah, so I was like, if there was anything, maybe like look at this. Seems like one of those. uh, <laughs> Trey, stop. Stop that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was thinking, like, if there was any way to to look at an angle on having any kind of money on this fight, it was maybe looking at, it seems like both of these chicks have a lot of finishes, so they do dumb shit and either finish or, or get finished. Um, maybe look at the fight doesn't go to decision, but after seeing that she got her big knockout in her UFC debut by head kicking a chick, punching her multiple times, and the ref just still just got in there and probably just stopped it. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna pass. We'll we'll pass on this fight. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, especially considering the fight doesn't go is minus one ninety five. No, 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 no. Let's yep. Just, yep. Yeah. No. Uh, We'll pass. All, all I know from Richie, I've seen her a couple times on LFA. She's actually like got good judo, which is like probably the best base for women to come into MMA with. Yeah. Because none of them can keep their range. Like they don't have enough power on their punches generally to be able to stop a, an opponent from getting into the clinch. Uh, and then the, the fighters that have good judo end up getting a lot of easy takedowns. Uh, the easiest, only problem. The yeah. easiest takedowns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gotta love those head and arms. Uh, <laughs> the problem with Ricci is that she is small. Uh, I, I think she's a 115er and little for that division. She was like 5'1 or something. Um, so maybe that be, means it'll be easier for her to head and arm throw a, uh, a bigger chick. But yeah, I, I, I'm not, no. Maybe I'll bet this goes to decision since I can get plus money on that. Yeah. Yep. That that used to be the thing before they caught on and made the overs like minus three hundred for pretty much every women's fight. Or Sean. He got he got like um the the one the one dude that would just steal people's gimmick on, on Twitter. He started posting all the 
the chick over numbers after oh, Sean yeah. had, had been hammering them for years. And <laughs> yeah, that that was that was Sean's whole, uh, whole thing, man, and they stole it from him. Yep. He used to just, like, parlay them all together on a card and just sit back and, and it, when it goes long and it sucks, it's even better for you. All right, moving on to something that hopefully doesn't go long and suck, um, but it's an Elan Patrick fight, so it very well could. He's taking on Mason Jones in the lightweight division. What you got? Yeah, this is uh, another another tough fight for me. Um, I just do. Do we know how how good Mason Jones is? I just I don't think so, man. He was beating up on just even kind of cage warrior level scrubs, and they got some decent fighters over. I just I'm not I'm not sure he was even fighting the best over there, and got a bunch of hype, came over, and um, you know lost to, to Mike Davis and. I'm not sure Mike Davis is is that good either. I'm not saying Alan Patrick is is great, man, but we we've seen this guy's fights. He's fought fought very good um, competition in the UFC for years, and he's a he's a boring but a tough out every single time. And um, I think that's what's going to happen here. This is going to be like 15 minutes, a really close fight. Um, you're going to be worried a little bit about the judges in this fight, I think. But, man, at, at a price that, that they're laying on on uh, on Jones here, that it, that's just a little crazy to me, man. So it's it's another one of those fights where I think it's going to be close. One guy's getting, like, plus 240. Um, I've seen Pat, uh, Patrick. I, I know he's tough. He's going to be a tough, boring out here. And I'm going to hope I get a couple uh, rounds from the judges. So I'll, I'll take a little there, and I, I think you're going to talk about another angle here that is that's wild as well. That I'll I'll probably just be laying uh, some straight juice on because it's going to happen. Oh yeah, um, the the angle that uh, Wes is saying that I'm going to talk about is there's uh, so over two and a half is or the the total is a two and a half for this fight, basically even money which I get because I could see Jones definitely taking this fight over late if uh, if Patrick gasses. Although after seeing his last fight against uh, Bobby Green, man, I, I thought that Bobby Green was going to make him gas in that fight. And then <clears throat> Bobby Green was wrestling early on in that one, uh, which I thought would help that out. And Patrick just like never went away, uh, which is unusual for him. Uh, especially coming off of a, a two-year layoff or whatever he was coming off in that fight. So uh, that uh, I get. Uh, I get it being around even money. But the over one and a half is only minus 165 in this fight. And regardless of how it plays out, if Patrick gets takedowns and uh, tries to, to snuggle his way to a, a decision, <clears throat> or if he gets takedowns early and then Mason Jones can start to like battle back and get up and put a pace on them. Uh, regardless, Mason Jones is not going to get him out of there in the first seven and a half minutes of this fight. And I don't think Patrick's going to be submitting him in the first seven and a half minutes of this fight either. So that over one and a half, I think that is way, way, way too low. Um, it actually came down from minus 225 
to uh, just earlier today came down to minus one sixty five. So what? Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. Um, I love it. Uh, that's for me is is the type of thing that I'm probably just going to play straight. Um, you know, normally. I'll I'll throw it in some wacky parlays too, but normally that'd be the the type of thing I would parlay. But in this case, I just think that's something that's going to happen regardless of who wins this fight. Uh, but as far as the fight goes, I, I think Wes is right. When you look at Alain Patrick, boring. Uh, he'll he'll throw some spinning shit and and you know try and look like he's exciting out there. But when he's having success in a fight, he he's being boring. Um, the McDessie fight that he won, uh, terrible decision, but he held him there for a lot of the fight. Um, he's previously fought two, I guess, actually three other guys from the Commonwealth. He fought Damian Brown, Australian, right. took him down like five times. He fought Stevie Ray, took that dude down like a million times. And he fought John McDessie, and he took him down. And he, he beat all those guys. And now he's fighting Mason Jones. And Mason Jones is from Wales, who, of all the Brits, of all the Commonwealth, uh, they seem to be the best wrestlers. Doesn't mean they're good wrestlers. So I can see Patrick getting some takedowns early. And then maybe Jones can just keep getting back up and put a pace on him, like I said. Uh, and get a finish in late round two into round three, something like that. But man, I am not confident enough in it to be laying almost minus 300 on them. Um, and especially, you know, Mike Davis, who didn't come out there trying to wrestle him. He even got like three or four takedowns uh, against Jones. So if Patrick comes out and wrestles, uh, I think this could be a, a, a sobering performance for, for Jones. Cause I don't think people are really down on him after that Davis performance. Um, <laughs> we are wondering the same thing ourselves, Andrew. Um, they're, they're off doing adult shit. I, I think Sean, uh, you know, the, the teenager is finally moving out of his mom's basement and uh, bought himself a, a real boy house. Uh, and I think Lance is pretending to work or something. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I like that one and a half here. That's going to be my bet on this one. Uh, cause I, I think regardless uh, of who wins, it, it definitely plays out over a bit of distance. All right. In the welterweight division, we got our boy, uh, the, the original George Jefferson, grandpa Trinaldo himself, <laughs> uh, taking on some fucking Russian who doesn't even know how to wrestle. Yeah, um, man, it's Grandpa Tornado, dude. But how how many times over the past like what is it eight years or something now have we gotten Grandpa Tornado like plus two hundred? Like he's like plus two hundred always plus, plus yeah. two hundred plus two hundred. Um, yeah, I mean this is it's gonna be a card full of this shit for me, man. Uh, this is another one where. Um, I think we could just see some, some 15 minutes of, of not, you know, too much happening. Um, hopefully, oh, grandpa can, can get a couple takedowns here. Um, I do think this is kind of a tough fight. Uh, the, the, the price isn't, isn't wild or anything. Like 
this is probably about what he should be here. Like Sayakov isn't isn't horrible. Um but man, Grandpa Chinato at, at two to one against any of these fucking Russians or whoever the hell they end up matching him up with and everybody's thinking he's he's done because he's like I mean he's forty two Brazilian, so probably close to like forty nine. Um yeah, I'm I'm gonna take a uh a, a little shot on, on the dog here, man. Uh not not much of uh of a breakdown for me. This is kind of more of a, a bet I always make on a dude that's made me a ton of money over the years. And I, I just think this is definitely gonna be another close fight that probably gets to the judges and uh at at plus two hundred I'll uh, I'll take another small shot that I can get a couple cards uh, my way. Yeah, not a ton to add here. Um, the the Salikov, uh Russian spinny shit dude. Um, he just throws spinning things, and sometimes it it works for him, and he gets a decision. Uh, but he's always generally faced guys that are willing to just do that with him, and aren't particularly dangerous as a striker. Um, like your, your Ricky Rainey's and Nordine Taleb's of the world. Uh, not anybody's really going to be intimidated by those guys. Uh, the one time he faced somebody who was actually willing to, to grapple with him was Alex Garcia, who is a noted gasser. Um, that dude needs to fill up every five or 10 minutes, uh, because whew, the, uh, the tank is low and even that guy was able to take him down in the second round and submit him. So I know it was a few years ago, but it's not like he's a young guy either. Um, it says he's 36. I'm not sure if that's actually the case. Uh, oh, he's, he's about to th- turn 37. So, you know, turn all those old. We know he's been old forever. People have been trying to fade him forever. We've kind of been sticking with him through all of that, and he's only lost to pretty good guys. Uh, like the, the Alex Hernandez loss doesn't look great at this point, uh, but that was just a, an atrocious fight from, from both guys. And then it's like Kevin Lee he's lost to, uh, Kiesa he's lost to. It, there's, there's not a lot of bad losses on his record. Um, you know, the, the Vic one is sad because that would have been an absolute great KO if, if Vic uh, got slept by Grandpa. But I think that he's got enough tools in this one that if it's a striking battle, he's going to be competitive. And if this turns into any sort of grappling match, he's got a huge advantage uh, in, uh, on, uh, on Salikov. And Salikov has never really shown that he wants to learn how to wrestle. Uh, so if Trinaldo comes out with that game plan, I think he's got a good shot. So I, I will take the old man. And I think I, I grab, grabbed some plus 215 earlier in the week. Uh, it's still plus 205, plus 210 in, in a couple places. So you can still get some good money on Trinaldo. And that is exactly where I will be uh, parking some of my change this weekend. All right, we are moving up to the heavyweight division. Whew, can't can't wait for Tanner the Hoser Bozer taking on 
Ilir Latifi. And man, I, I like Ilir Latifi at 205 because he has to get in shape. He has, he, he looks like a, a super juiced up Putin just riding around on his horse. Um, not such a fan of, uh, of him at uh, 265, but the man's old. He doesn't want to cut weight. He doesn't want to be in shape anymore. And in heavyweight MMA, there's a lot of dudes that can get away with that. Is Latifi one of them? I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's going to get the, say, the easiest matchup that he's had. I mean, he, he just, you know, had to fight one of the biggest, heaviest fucking dudes in the entire division last time <laughs> out. This this ain't that. Like, Tanner Bozer's a guy that can make 205. He's the same way. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to cut weight and shit. Um, yeah, I mean this this one's tough for me though. I I could you know I, I don't think much of of Bowser. I know he got a little hype. He got a big knockout and got a little bit of hype. Kind of came back down to earth against. I mean, a guy that makes everybody kind of uh, you know what I'm saying get hypnotized and, and, you, and you used to. Um, that ain't gonna be this this type of fight, but. Um, Man, I don't know. It's another one that I think is going to be close. I, I, I think we see this one going long, too, man. Um, I, I don't really see any finishes here. I think it might get even get to the cards. Um, just another spot where I think it dude's a, uh, just a little bit overpriced. I wish I was getting two to one on Latifi because uh, I would definitely play him. Um, plus 160, I, I just don't know, man. I, I'm going to pick him and, and – the tout master, but um, I, I kind of like it a, a little bit high to, to make a bet on him here, but um, may, maybe him by decision to kind of get just crazy and get a decent line. I think that's kind of big. It's like plus maybe, 400 almost, yeah. Yeah, so Latifi by decision because uh, I, I can really see this going. I, I think the over two and a half is even juiced in this fight, so yep. um, yeah, Latifi by decision at a, at a big number. Uh, it might be, might be a sprinkle for me. Yeah, the, the odds makers have kind of taken all the fun out of this one for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're over one and a half is minus 245. Over two and a half, minus 140. Uh, fight goes is basically even money. So nothing that I love there. Uh, that Latifi decision prop, uh, plus 365, plus 375. So that's the most enticing thing to, to me on the card. Uh but yeah, I I wish there was something that I could find to, to bet on here that I really like. But I kind of think that uh, Bozer's just gonna throw shitty leg kicks. So Bozer trains with KB Bular, who landed like they claim he landed a hundred and something significant strikes in his last fight, um, where he didn't even throw anything with the intentions of hurting his opponent. Uh, because stats in MMA are stupid. Um, so I I could see Bozer doing a lot of the same shit and just, like, dancing around and, and poking at him with leg kicks and winning a terrible decision. I kind of hope that Latifi's able to get some takedowns or, or land some big shots on him. Uh, but I, I do not have high hopes for this fight. And the the odds just make it so that it's it's not an appealing one to me, which is sad because I love shitty heavyweight fights. 
Um, kind of like a shitty heavyweight fight, except they're half the size. We've got Montana De La Rosa taking on Iriani Lipsky. Another fantastic women's flyweight out west. Break it down for the folks. That's that's probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I think De La Rosa probably wins this fight. She'll probably get a decision at some point, but or uh, get a submission at some point. But I was going to say, if she gets a decision, it'll probably be after fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, th- this is just something that I I'm staying away from completely. Yeah, this uh, this seems like a good time to probably take Turk out for a walk. Um, Lipsky is in the Instagram model division of the uh, UFC's women's classes, and De La Rosa is like she's only ever beaten bad fighters, um, and Lipsky's kind of a bad fighter. I. I don't care. Maybe like the sub prop is plus three hundred. It's probably the most appealing thing in this fight, uh, but I don't really want to trust uh, Montana Tella Rosa to, to get a stoppage. So um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll take care of whatever I need to around the house or or get Turk out for a walk on that one. Coming back though, the headliner of the prelims featherweight division. We have Mr. Finland, always a, a jovial man, hanging out with some Scandinavian models or some shit, uh, taking on short notice replacement, because I think originally he was supposed to fight Nate Landwehr. Um, and as we've discussed previously, it's, uh, it lands on his chin. That's, that's where. Uh, and in for him is Kemwella Kirk, who is... A Hawaiian dude. A Joe-wian, according to his nickname. I don't know what that means. I have no clue. Is he like a Jewish Hawaiian? That's what, I, that's what I was thinking. If I, I, I could get I behind that. I didn't want to go there personally. I was going to let you touch on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's been on the, the regional circuit for a while. I've seen him a few times on, on LFA. Not bad. Not, not bad. Not great. Uh, this should be an interesting fight. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of his uh, LFA fights. He's, uh, you know, he's got a couple okay wins. His, his last two um, got a, a couple a couple losses too. Before that, uh, I know he was stopped by by Billy Q, which isn't, I guess, a, a horrible loss. I still think Billy Q's, you know, de- decent fighter. Um, but I mean, I, I think I think Mike Wand is is maybe he was like overrated. I think he's getting to the point now where he might be slightly underrated. If you look at the guys he's lost to, man, they're literally three of the best dudes in, in the division at this point. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, he, he went, went 15 with Edson, um, last time out. Like, you know, Edson, Edson won that fight. That was a really big, big bet for me, but, um, man, he stayed in it. Um, and I, I just, I don't think that, that Kirk is anywhere close to, to that. And, you know, even besides the, the competition that he's fought, uh, Mike one's not, he's a well-rounded fighter. He, he's not, he's not bad, man. Uh, he's good on the mat. His striking is not, is not terrible. So, um, he, he's a little juicy here, man. I, I kind of want to, 
uh, just uh, maybe find a parlay uh, partner for him. Um, I, I do kind of lean more to that. I think there's probably going to be a finish in, the, in this fight, though. Um, I, I know um, Mike Wan doesn't get a ton of them. Um, but, I mean, Kirk, it, it seems like he's coming in on um, a, a little short notice here, I believe. And I think he's going to go for it, man. Uh, he's He's got finishes. He, he's been finished. And um, I kind of see Mike Wan getting a finish here. I think it, it's kind of high-paced early. And Mike Wan ends up getting this into a scramble and catches us up here. So um, I, I, I'm, I don't see a line out there yet, a fight inside the distance. Um, but I'm going to probably look at that. And I, I might take a little of, uh, of Mike Wan inside the distance. I think that's a little bit of plus money at this point. But I, I like him in this fight to kind of to get back on track, man. I, I think he's a, a decent fighter. And uh, and he's got more pass here to win this fight. Yeah, it was actually uh... – rather impressed with him in his last fight, uh, even though Barbosa beat him up pretty good early on in that fight. He actually stuck around, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, the third round, or I'm not pretty sure, I'm can, I know the, the third round was actually his best round in that fight, which is a, a very good thing to see because the, the third round used to be where he would just fall apart. Uh, and he, he's learned to sort of keep it together. Um, he is a very effective wrestler, uh, more than you think a, a guy coming out of Finland would be. Um, and he seems to be able to know how to use the cage uh, in, in to actually get his wrestling going, which a lot of guys in MMA struggle with. Um, so I, I can see Amir Khani getting early takedowns, uh, maybe getting an early submission, and you you referenced that loss to uh, to Billy Q that uh, Kemwella Kirk had, and he really faded in that fight, and he's sort of faded in, in some of his other losses as well. So I think that cardio might be more of an issue for him here than it is for for Maquan. So I think that there's still the possibility that we could see uh, a round two or round three sub from Amir Khani in this one. So I, I kind of like where you're going with that. And um, I I feel like like Kirk's good. He'll, he'll probably hang around in the UFC for quite a while, especially with the way the roster is now. But I feel like Mequon's kind of safe as a, a parlay piece in this spot. Um, so, you know, just looking at some, some quick numbers here. Uh, Amir Khani and that over one and a half. I know I said I was going to play it straight, but you know I, I can't resist me some uh, some plus money. So uh, Amir Khani and that over one and a half in Patrick and Jones uh, pays plus one forty five. Uh, that seems like the type of thing that I'm probably going to bet. All right, moving up to the main card, we have notable. Very consistent, level-headed Tom Breeze <laughs> taking on Antonio Arroyo, who is a massive dude who lost to like an actual dwarf in his last fight. He he did that. That one hurt. It was like that. me stepping in the cage with him, <laughs> just taking his ass down uh, the whole yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
Darian Wynn is is slightly better wrestler than you though, so um yeah, that that hurts, man. Uh God, that that still kills me. I think we were Look, Darian Wynn in that fight, I'll give it to him, man. He he fought his smarter fight and his like technical fight that he had ever fought in that fight. And man, he he, he beat a royal. Now Tom Breeze ain't doing that. Tom, Tom Breeze ain't taking him down and shit like that. Tom Breeze <laughs> might do it for one round. All right. Mate, let's, let's give the man mate, credit. Mate, uh, mate. And then the first time that something goes wrong for him, all bets are off. And I kind of lean that happening. Um, yeah, you're right. Tom Breeze just shows flashes, man. And he's got some of the worst losses and, and does things in spots that you could ever imagine, dude. Um, I mean, just this last loss. You know what I'm saying? It's just go back to that. So, um, look, I don't think Arroyo is like great or anything. Um, I just think Breeze is that fucking dumb in fights and he's probably going to find a way to lose this fight. And, um, uh, another, another spot where a dude is, is plus 200 here. So. I'm probably gonna gonna take a little shot on Arroyo. It's it's not my favorite bet. None of these are like favorite bets for me on this card. It's I think it's a lot of funny shit could happen, but um, just this line against Tom Breeze man is something I gotta take. And a guy that I think is is okay. He's not great or anything, um, but he'll stay in the fight and Breeze will make a mistake. Uh, I think uh, Arroyo catches him with something. I'll just take the straight plus money uh, plus two hundred. Yeah, it's uh this one's interesting because Arroyo got taken down. I I just looked it up. I know I said earlier that stats mean nothing. Um striking stats mean nothing. The the grappling stats are actual things that happen in a fight. Uh it's not just them saying, "Oh, um this dude's toe made contact with this dude's leg hair." So that's that's a strike. Um but he got taken down 12 times against Darren Wynn. That's that's a lot of times to get taken down in a fight. And part of it means that you're getting back up, um, which is a good thing. Uh, His fight before that, he fought against Andre Muniz, who everyone is going to tell you is the greatest jujitsuer to ever jujitsu. Now that he, he broke one of Jacare's brittle little old man arms uh, and he was on his back for decent chunks of that fight and wasn't really in danger of, of getting submitted. So I don't think that Tom Breeze is going to submit him in this fight. Uh, I don't think Tom Breeze has ever actually even gotten a takedown in the UFC uh, or gone for a takedown in the UFC for that matter. So I, I don't think that's a concern. And if Breeze just lets this guy hang around, he throws good kicks to the body um, like he's a decent striker and eventually I think he's going to find something and land something on breeze that breeze doesn't like. And I, you know, it's, it's a rough thing to, to pile on. Um, Cause the dude obviously has so, some issues that he's worked through and it was great to see him come back and get that win over the, the shitty Canadian, um, when he jabbed him and the dude looked like his face exploded. Um, 
but I just I don't think that as skilled as he is, Breeze is cut out to fight at this level. Uh, it's just it, it's not something that he can put himself through on a regular basis and, and find success. So yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, I think I I might end up just playing a little bit of uh, Arroyo straight. Um, plus 200 out there, plus 215 at, at Ben Online. Uh, both of those seem like things that could very well happen. Uh, and even if it's not him actually getting a, a knockout or uh, Breeze quitting or anything like that, I think Breeze might just shut down a little bit, um, especially when he gets in there with a guy who is just as big as him. Because um, I think a, a lot of his confidence comes from looking and feeling like the, the bigger guy. And when he's not, uh, I'm not entirely sure how he's going to react in there. Moving, not up, staying in the middleweight division, moving up the card. We've got Gregory Rodriguez. Rodriguez, he's Brazilian. Uh, he's hobo cop. Uh, he is the, the cop that goes and he pokes <laughs> the hobos. Um, he's... He tries to design that anti-homeless architecture, so not a fan of the Hobo Cop. Um, and he's taking on my boy. It's the Serbian dream, Dusky Toads, baby. And last time out, he had hard times put on his family from Punahele Soriano, baby. But this time, the Serbian dream's coming for the paycheck. That was pretty good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Pretty good. Not my best, but uh, I'll work on it for his next fight. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this is a, this is a tough one uh, for me. Um, I just don't know what to think of of, of Rodriguez here, man. Like I, the dude's massive. I saw him knock out a bum uh, not too long ago. So kind Did of you see him? Did you see him get knocked out by the insulin kid, though? Yeah, that's that's just not that's not good, man. At all. Um, yeah, and I, I I probably think uh, you know that 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 was a bad loss for old, for Otoe last time, but I, I think that that dude's a real fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like he was just. I think we talked about it before that fight. Like whoever whoever wins this fight between these two dudes is, is probably going to move forward in the division. That, it's gonna have a good a good year. Um, I think Soriano's a real a real dude, and uh, like Rodriguez did fight, uh, I believe it was like a month ago or something like that. Um, yep. So he's taking this fight on like really short notice. Um, I, I think Toad is just a, a he's a better fighter, man. Uh, still young, he's gonna improve from that last time out. Um, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to have to play, man. It's another one. I'm gonna just. It's gonna be a small bet, um, but, but I like Toads in this fight. I'm with you. Um, I, I still think he's pretty good. It, it took a shitload for uh, for Puna to get him out of there in that last fight. Like uh, he ended up nailing him with clean shots for a lot of that round, and I think he dropped him like three or four times before he actually got him out of there. So. I, I don't think that it's a, a chin issue. Uh, I think that he got clipped and could never quite recover because he got clipped a bunch more after that. Uh, but Hobocop, he uh, apparently he's 
very good at jujitsu, but you wouldn't know it from watching his MMA fights because he throws ugly punches, um, very like stiff. Uh, that head is, he, he's a tall guy and he's got the defense that tall guys have where that head is just like on a pole and it's just, it's just waiting. Uh, and I mean, if the, the insulin kid can put you out, that's, uh, he's robotic. Like he's, he's <laughs> well, I, very man. That's where that's where the nickname had to come from, right? So yes. we watched him strike, and he's like, "Dude, yeah, that's what they call you, bro." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, more, it's more the the movement in the stands, bro, <laughs> not the destruction, you know. Yeah, um, maybe maybe he'll get like the gun installed in his thigh, like RoboCop, and that'll help it. him. Yeah, he might need it. Yep, uh, that's what John Jones is looking for in his strategy, right? <laughs> Did you see that that video of him with the oh, man. the pregnant lady dummy from like six inches away? <laughs> I don't, I don't think I saw that one. Oh man, that's I, I know he's I know he's like wanting to be like a vigilante. Type oh, he, he's going full full yeah. militia man right yeah, now. Yeah, he is. Uh, but yeah, there was this video where he was like six inches away from a target. Um, and, you know, instead of if he was actually in this situation in the real world where he is one of the best fighters to ever exist and he just beat the shit out of the dude, he takes like half a step back and pulls out a gun and almost <laughs> shoots his dick off and instead <laughs> shoots the, the target in the stomach a bunch of times. Um, oh, man. But, yeah, I think that's what Jones is working on for his next fight. He's going to get a gun installed in his leg. He's just going to bust that out in the middle of a fight after he eye-pokes a dude. Um, <laughs> maybe he'll eye-poke the ref so the ref can't see. <laughs> can't see just go, like, full pro-wrestling heel and uh, just get what he can done, get what he can in there. Um, but, yeah, as far as this fight goes, I I can't trust – Hobo cop at all? Um, like he he looks awkward in there. He looks like he doesn't like getting hit. I'm not sure that he can wrestle. I I know he's got ju- good jujitsu, but I think there's a reason that we never see it, and it's because he can't wrestle. So I wouldn't even be shocked if uh, if Dusky Toads baby can get some takedowns in here. And this line has been dropping like a rock. Uh, I I didn't agree with it opening at like minus two fifty or whatever silly number it, it opened at um, when the fight got announced, but man, it's down to minus one thirty now, uh, and I'm just gonna end up playing him straight because I think he can either land something big and, and uh, get Rodriguez out of there, or I think he can probably get some takedowns and get some control in this fight, uh, and as the fight continues to go, I, I think it's gonna sort of snowball in his direction. Because, like you said, short notice, everything like that for for the hobo, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a particularly memorable performance from him. All right, somebody who would like to forget their last performance, Santiago, Santiago Ponzinibbio, the the Ponzi boat, Ponzi scheme, uh, taking on our boy Miguel Caramel Macchiato. Baeza. Damn light keeps going out for some reason. 
have another dark. <laughs> We've got uh, the the glow of your screen to to keep your face illuminated. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I I fear that we we might never see the old the old Ponzi uh, back again, man. Are, are um, you saying that the the scheme might have fallen apart? Yeah, I think he. I think he's going down like uh like Bernie Madoff here, man. Um, yeah, he just man, three years off and then to come back and just get obliterated. Like that was a bad KO. That that was just one that it looks like and we, we had thought going into that fight. I think Sean even bet uh Jangalang in that fight. Yep. Um I didn't and we, <laughs> and we talked about it that even like uh, the fights that he's won, man, he's been in some some wars already, man, and he's he's got some miles on him, and it looks like it. And I think in this spot that he's uh he's fighting a legit kid, man. I think that Baeza might be might be pretty damn good here, and um, had a really nice sub last time out, so we know he's he can he's well rounded. He can get it anywhere here. So, man, I I, I just think more this is uh. Hanzi's probably about done as a as a high level fighter. That was just ugly looking last time for me. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the young kid here, man. Uh, he's he's around minus one twenty or so still right now. Um, I just I, I think this is a good spot for him and a good name uh, a good name fighter for him. And uh, he's gonna get the job done, man. Uh, I think our uh, our boy the old Ponzi boat Ponzi scheme is probably about done. It's a uh, it, it's a rough one. Uh, I we've got our two aspects to a fighter being washed, washed as uh, as we like to put it. Um, the first one is that they don't throw anything; they they can't pull the trigger anymore. Uh, which kind of looked a little bit like that in his last fight uh, against the little Jangalang. Uh, he was definitely more passive than he had been in previous fights. Uh, the second thing is that they can't take a punch anymore, um, which kind of looked like that in his last fight uh, as well against little Jangalang because uh, he he was out hard. Um, I think we might need to add fighters coming off of serious staph infections as like washed thing number three. And that's what kept him out for so long. I think that of all the layoffs and, and all the stuff that can possibly happen, staph infections are probably one of the worst and one of the hardest for guys to come back from when they're they're serious. Like you look at a dude like King Mo uh, before and after his staph infection. You look at Randleman before and after his staph infection. And it's just, it's it's a rough go. Um, if you've got something like that that is serious enough that it puts your career in jeopardy, it's it's tough to, tough to trust you when you come back. So if this was the, the Ponzi of his prime, I think he could probably back Baeza up into the cage and uh, faint out some of his counters and land some big shots of his own. I'm not sure that dude exists anymore. I'm, I don't think he has the confidence in himself, uh, judging from his last performance. 
Although maybe that was just ring rust. Uh, but, but I tend to lean more towards when it's a, a serious health thing that keeps you out for that long. It's not just ring rust. It's your body telling you, Hey, we can't do this shit anymore. Uh, so I, I like why is it here? Um, we saw that even when he gets clipped, and man, did he get clipped bad by uh, by Brown in the first round of that fight. He's going to fight through it. Um, and I think that he's going to be able to survive, even if he does get something put on him early in this one, and eventually get uh, Ponzi out of there. So I got Baeza. Uh, not super confident in it, because I can see how a version of Ponzi could win this fight. But... Yeah, if it, uh, if it keeps moving in the direction and I can get a, a little plus symbol beside that number, uh, I'll, I'll probably take the, the shot on the old caramel macchiato. All right, three left. Uh, I don't know why this is the third fight on the card, but uh, Roman Doolittle is taking on Loriano Starboy? The weekend? Yeah. Is that a song? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, middle another middleweight fight because you know there's only one thing better than heavyweights and middleweights. Yeah, they're doing like a the middleweights on uh, tough this season, so you're gonna get a whole oh, other. At least most of those dudes will actually be welterweights, so some of them yeah. have a chance to be good. Um, yeah, yeah, Let's not though. Not I was very con- I did did you watch the first episode of Tough? Yeah. yeah. I, I was very confused when they were like Aaron Phillips, Aaron Phillips. I was like, isn't Aaron Phillips that little like Bieber cut bantamweight kid that was in the UFC yeah. years ago? It it seemed like a few of the names sounded familiar, but they weren't any of the fighters that <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like it, I, it it seemed like I'd heard of those guys before, but I do remember Josh Reddinghouse uh, because he got beat up by Marlon Marais in WSOF um, yeah, see, I, way I, back I, when. There was still a couple, like even like you said, the Aaron Phillips guy. It's like a yeah, different fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to what to make of this fight, man. Um, this one's probably gonna gonna be a pass for me right now. I might look at it a little bit more um, later on, but this is just one I, I got no clue uh, right now. I'll let you kind of see what you got. I, I just I have no idea right now. That's right. I I'm not much better in this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, you didn't man. even give me enough time to pour my beer. By the way, Steve, I, I know how you like the fruity beers. So, first off, we started with the Mango Milkshake IPA. You know, that one looked like a glass of freshly squeezed mango juice. And then we switched over, just now, to the Juicy Peach IPA. So, we're, we're keeping it real fruity for you. <coughs> um, as far as this fight... Uh, this... I know everybody wants to to like all these Georgians and act like they're the greatest thing that's ever happened to MMA since Russians came and ruined MMA. Uh, But this dude kind of sucks. He did nothing for most of the first round and and got a knockout against 
one of the worst fighters that's been in the UFC in recent memory. And then he's put on extremely underwhelming performances in his next two fights where he got away with one win and and the other one he lost a a decision to Trevin Giles um, just by doing stupid shit. So can't trust him. But I think he probably wins here. Uh, even if he like thinks about getting a takedown in this fight, he'll probably end up on top. Um, but even then, you know, he might be stupid and go for a leg lock and give up top position, or like talk to his coach in his corner and be like, "Hey, coach, you want me to submit this guy?" Uh, and then not be able to submit him because he's a stupid fucking Georgian. We know people from Georgia are stupid. Uh, the state, not the country. Um, but yeah, I like this is this is a bad fight, and there's no reason that it should be this high up on the card. Maybe the the Georgian dude does something wild and and gets a, a cool finish, but he definitely seems like the type of guy you could fade uh, against anyone who's going to go out there and be able to stuff a takedown and throw consistent offense. I think that Starboy can throw consistent offense. I'm just not sure that moving up a weight class to to fight a pretty big dude, that he's going to be able to stuff the takedowns, assuming that Delize goes for them. And now we have reached the penultimate fight on this card. It's all heavyweights from here on out, baby. Uh, we've got Walt Harris taking on Marcin Tybura. In, uh, I honestly, I don't think this fight would go five rounds, but I would rather see this fight as the main event than the one that we've got. Yeah, it's it's gonna probably be way more exciting, and I don't I don't think it would need the five. Um, yeah, um, I'm I'm probably gonna take Walt Harris here, man. Um, I've been burned by fucking Todd Burris so many fucking times over the past couple years, man. But I don't know. I just still don't don't think much of him, man. And um, yeah, I know Walt's gonna probably have to get this done uh, fairly quickly, or, or he's probably lose a decision or or get finished later in the fight. Um, I think he can, man. I I think this is a, a, a little step down in competition for him. He's uh, fought some really tough dudes a couple times out. Um, I, I think he's got the fire to get Tybor out of here. I, I'm, I'm probably gonna, just going to take a small shot on uh, on him by, by TKO. Um, I think he can catch Tybor and get him out of there. Like I said, if not, um, probably going to get, get laid on, lose a decision or get finished in the second or third round. So, yeah, Walt Harris, KO. There you go. From from the mouth of the Kentucky Wesleyan himself. Um, this one's tough. Uh, these last two heavyweight fights sort of follow the same pattern. There's one guy that is going to have more volume, has better all-around skills, and will probably win the fight if it goes to decision. And there's the other guy who is 
giant and black and can probably knock him out with one punch. Um, it has nothing to do with the race. It's just, I, I figured that I would point that out because it's true. Um, yeah, and in this case, I, I see the what Wes is saying with, with Harris coming out and he usually does come out hot and, and immediately put um, sort of, I don't want to say a pace on guys because he can't sustain it, uh, but he definitely puts pressure on guys early. And we've seen it in most of his fights where generally he's able to hurt his opponent early or land things early. And it's a matter of if they can withstand it or not. Uh, it's hard to trust Tybura because I think a few years ago, we kind of thought his chin was already on the way out. And oh. then he's been able to sort of bounce back and change his game up a little bit. Uh, he's become, in addition to his grappling, which has always been very good by heavyweight standards, he's added much more of a volume striking game. So I think he can win this fight either by surviving that uh, early Harris flurry and outpointing him for the next two rounds or by surviving the early Harris flurry and then getting a takedown, in which case I'm not even sure that, that Harris is going to make it to the final bell. Um, I, I think that the best play in this one, uh, although, you know, Wes has got a good angle with the, the Harris TKO. Uh, we talked opening the show where that font TKO versus money line price didn't really make sense for the the risk that you were taking. In this case, the Harris money line is plus one one fifty five. The Harris TKO line is plus two seventy. So that one definitely makes sense because I don't see Walt Harris winning two rounds in this fight. If he wins this fight, it's because he's able to put Tybura out. But I think the the thing that I really like is the under two and a half is minus one twenty five, and I think it's either. Harris very early or Tybura shortly thereafter that, that wins this fight. Uh, so I think I'm probably going to end up playing the under here, which is you know, a little bit of a, a rare occurrence for me when it comes to heavyweight fights. Because uh, who wants to cheer for fat guys to not show their fattiness all over the cage for as long as possible? But might have to do that because we've got a, a few instances of fat dudes here. Moving on to, and my official pick, I suppose, if you care about such things, would be Tybura. I, I think he's going to find a way to survive uh, and, and get that finish, round two, round three. Moving up, main events, because Jairzinho Rosenstruck main events always deliver. Uh, he's in another one. And this time, man... I hope this one goes 25 minutes because 25 minutes of Augusto Sakai's sad belly just flopping around, making faces at me while I'm drunk on a Saturday night, that's, <laughs> that's just a dream come true right there. Uh, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit that, um, that this one's almost kind of the same way. Uh, you know, I don't think necessarily that – Rosenstruck couldn't win a decision there. Like he could be oh, very. I, I don't think he can win a decision. I think he can win by knockout at any point in the fight. See, unlike just, Walt Harris, <laughs> I'm not. 
I don't know. I'm not sure that 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 he couldn't win some rounds here and, and get some kind of stupid decision. I could I could see. Um, I, it's not not probable. Um, I, I think he's going to catch a pass somewhere over 25 minutes. Personally, kind of feel the same way about this fight that I did last one, but. You're absolutely right. He's got a lot more time to do it than Walt Harris does. Um, I, I just think he's the harder puncher, probably the better fighter. He just, he's boring. He just sometimes just won't throw for large stretches of the fight, but I think he's going to catch him there. And I, I, I like Rosenstruck by, by TKO as well. Yeah. I think that Sakai is going to win rounds in this fight and it's tough for me to bet him even though we're getting the plus number here uh it went even for a while now you can get plus money again it's tough for me to bet him because his opponents always land on him um he does not have good defense and it's just a matter of does he survive when Rosenstruck eventually lands on him or does he get put out? And I think at some point he's probably going to get put out in this fight. Um, I don't really think that like cardio is going to be a factor either way. Um, you know, we saw... Sakai gas in his fight against Overeem, but that's because he was getting the shit grappled out of him in the the last couple of rounds of that fight. I don't think that Sakai is going to push any sort of pace that's going to to gas him out in any way here. Um, or sorry, I don't think uh, Rosenstruck's going to push any sort of pace that's going to gas Sakai out in this one. Uh, I don't really think that Sakai is going to be able to consistently get takedowns. So it's going to be a lot of standing around and Sakai throwing out jabs and leg kicks and, and shit like that. Uh, and all it takes is for Rosenstruck to, to pull the trigger on one of those and he can get the knockout in this one. So it feels like I should side with him. Um, but as I said, I want to see Sakai's fat, weird belly flopping around <laughs> for 25 minutes um, so I'm probably going to play, like, you can't really call it a fatties um, because it's it's extended another five minutes. But the over two and a half here is minus 105. And I think I'm going to play that uh, because I, I think Sakai is going to be pretty cautious uh, about the power early on and just try and feel his way in and see what, uh, what he's able to get away with. And then eventually, if Rosenstruck does land something, I think it's going to be in the later rounds. I don't think it's going to be right in the the start of the fight. I think he's going to have to wait for Sakai to sort of slow down a little bit. Even though Rosenstruck's already a faster fighter, he's dumb and doesn't throw things. Even though if he just came out and like blitzed most dudes in the heavyweight division, he'd probably be a top five heavyweight instead of a top ten heavyweight. But I I don't know. He's I they keep putting him in these spots and so far we got that Overeem KO right at the end of that fight, which wasn't a great fight, and we got a terrible fight out of him and gone. So I'm not expecting this one to be fireworks. So I'm gonna look at that over and 
consider it a fat east to, to cap off the night. <laughs> that is going to do it for actually that's not going to do it. We got the biggest fight ever coming up, Wes. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. We do have that. This um, Logan Paul. Is, is that this weekend? Yeah, it's Sunday. <laughs> there you go. You put it. If it's a big fight, folks, you put it on Sunday, like the Super Bowl. Uh, and hey, that's, that's 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 the angle. <laughs> that's <what they're> <laughs> uh, oh, and, and then um, all of the the teenage girls are are going to tune in to watch some weird looking guy get knocked out. I, I still don't know what the Paul brothers do, um, but I'm very happy that they give underpaid fighters like Floyd Mayweather a chance to finally get their payday. You know? Hey, Tyrone Woodley is going to get the <laughs> biggest payday of his entire life at the so, end of his career. How I don't know what goes on inside of Tyrone Woodley's head. Because he's like, oh, man, this guy's such a fraud. I hate him so much. I'm going to get him out of the, the combat sports business. And <laughs> also, I'm getting the biggest payday of my life for the easiest fight I've had in like a decade. Like, dude, that, what's not adding up here? This this guy that you're fighting is so much better for the fighters than anybody else it's, it's in motion. Like, the, and I mean the the other the the one Woodley's fight literally got one of the upper echelon Showtime boxing deals. You know what I'm right? saying? He's literally got a a like six fight deal with Showtime. Like he's making millions of dollars, isn't he? Shut the fuck up, Woodley. Like, fight him as many times as you can. Dude. Yeah. Like, hopefully you can you can knock him out. And he's like, I want a rematch. You know what I'm I, saying? And run I, him back. I was scrolling through the old Twitter machine, and I saw that there's a rematch clause in one of their contracts. I'm not sure if it's like if Jake Paul loses, he gets a rematch. I would imagine that's probably what it is because, obviously, Jake Paul is the A-side in this yeah. uh, in this whole thing. Um, but like MMA people seem like MMA media, um, who, uh, they seem to want to shit on the, the Paul brothers. And honestly, I don't care about them as people. Uh, I don't care like what they did before. They seem like scumbags, but we're talking about fights here. Like everybody's a scumbag. So if it's a... If yeah. it's a scumbag that can get fighters paid, that's better than a scumbag that's going to steal money from fighters. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm I don't mind freak shows and shit like that. Like I, no. I never, I never have. I, I mean, we're old school like uh, Japanese MMA fans. Like we're we're never gonna hate like a freak show fight. You know, yeah. I don't I don't care who it is. This shit's like everybody's on like some, some high horse and shit. Can we just like go back? Like this is like street fighting, dude. These are two dudes like hitting each other in the head. Like, I I don't care how you want to dress it up and shit. Like, I don't care who it is. I'm going to watch two dudes fight. If two dudes start fight, start fighting on the corner. I'm going to probably pull over and watch that shit. You know, like I, and, and you're right. Like the, these dudes are getting these guys, like, they go, they rant on and on in the media, like even about fighters getting paid and getting their fair share. These dudes are literally getting them their highest paydays ever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's what, 
maybe a couple MMA fighters that make the kind of money that Tyrone Woodley's about to make. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To fight one of these guys, it might be. You know, he 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 legitimately might be. He's going to make a few million dollars doing that shit. Yeah, I think he's supposed to make like at least three million dollars doing this, and that's assuming and they do that numbers. Yeah, that's assuming but, he had doesn't negotiated any like pay per view points or anything like that. Um, I mean, Floyd knows. Floyd fucking oh, knows. Yeah. Like, like you're li- Floyd is is the greatest businessman that's a, as a fighter. That's a, maybe De La Hoya, but Floyd's right fucking there, man. That yeah. guy knows a good business move when he sees it. He's gonna make a ton of money. How, however, you think about those guys, like that Triller shit night. That shit sells pay-per-views. There's kids out there that want to see these dudes fucking whatever they're doing. I don't, it's new age shit, man. I I don't know (laughs) what these kids are. They watch YouTube like we fucking watch cable. You know what I'm saying? It's wild. Yeah, it was weird to watch like the the narrative around that last thriller card. Um, Because that thing sold like. 1.3 1.3 million pay-per-views or something they said at 50 bucks a pop. Uh, and the whole time everybody on the card was like, Oh, how are they making money? They've got all these celebrities. Like, dude, they just made $50 a hundred or like 1.3 million times. I think they can afford a couple celebrities to come and show up at their card. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't think they're hurting for money on this whole deal. So yeah, there's a lot of people that don't understand the business uh, of combat sports because really in the, the MMA, MMA sphere, there hasn't been a lot of actual business there. There's been the UFC and then a bunch of promotions that pop up, and don't know how to spend money or manage money or create an audience that disappear because they don't know how to do any of those things. So people haven't really seen like savvy business when it comes to MMA uh, ever. So now that they're seeing it in a, a boxing realm and it's starting to draw these MMA fighters over, I think there's this like weird pushback. Uh, like you said, from all the people that are saying fighters need to get paid more. Uh, and now they're going somewhere else to an unconventional uh, stream to, to get paid. Uh, but people don't like it because now they're actually getting paid. I, I, I don't get it. Yep. And it's those, some of those same people are, they're, they're so weird that like the, the UFC and Dana White apologists that are on the internet are just, astou- <laughs> they're just astounding to me. Like, it's like, those dudes like Dana's not gonna gonna fuck you, bro. Like the, the UFC is not paying your bills. Like, what do you? They'll defend though, defend it to the end though, man. I I don't know. There's some there's some weird dudes out there. Some really weird dudes. All right, a lot of very weird dudes out there, and we appreciate you listening to these two weird dudes yeah. in here for the last hour and a half talking about some bullshit and. A pretty bad card. But next week, next week, we have, like, an actual MMA card. It's it's like a, oh, a real card with, look. with real fights. Uh, UFC 263. We, we got Izzy and Vittori. We got oh, yeah. Figgy Moreno rematch. 
We got the Bear Jew taking on Jinder Mahal. Oh, um, that's a good call. Yeah, we got the the old Nate Diaz gonna ooh. No wonder Sean's like, I gotta move, bro, so I can't even come on and talk about. <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah. Sean yeah. already said he's not gonna be here next week <laughs> because he knows what's coming. Uh, he's probably not gonna be there the week after either. Uh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, that uh, that two sixty three card, uh, the prelims. Uh, aside from. Dober and uh, and Riddell look like absolute dog shit, uh, but the main card uh, that's that's fun. That's that's a lot of fun stuff. So we'll be back to talk about that one. Honestly, I I could do with more breaks in the the MMA UFC schedule. Didn't miss it. Coming back to a card like this week's card that's made why. me miss it even less. Because uh, the why. thing is, we used to go from exciting card, three-week break, exciting card, two-week break, eh, TV card. But it was, like, cool because it was a TV card and you hadn't seen much MMA lately. And then you had another two weeks and another great card. Uh, and now we get, like, shit card, 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 shit card. Oh, good card. Damn, um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's like a shock to the system when there's actual good MMA on. But we have some of that to talk about next week. So I hope you guys join us. Appreciate you joining us this week. And enjoy the fights.